Section 34 of Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Brian Keenan. Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 1, Section 34. Tuesday, 19. I prayed often, read the Second Epistles of the Thessalonians, First and Second Epistles to Timothy, by half after nine o'clock in the morning. I am kept in peace and uprightness of heart, desire, and action. Oh, that every moment were devoted to God, that I could do more to His glory. I wrote to Bradley's and preached to about eighty people, was led out in speaking on First John 1, 7, 8, to a quiet, unfeeling people. I then drew a subscription for building a chapel here. My mind is in peace. Praise God. Wednesday, 20. I set out for Nanticoke and found the family unwilling to part with me. Mr. T. Y. preached at the church at Broad Creek. I had to meet the people at a new place, found about eighty or a hundred, rather wild, who looked with amazing wonder. I was exceedingly severe, from Isaiah 55, 6, 7. Was invited to dine with Mrs. A. D., who seemed serious. I came to Joseph Turpin's just at night, and spoke with a man under deep concern for his soul, and hope it will turn to good account in the end. I had a subscription bill and plan drawn for a preaching house in the fork. Thursday, 21. I preached at Turpin's on 1 Corinthians 1, 20-25. But few people, and they too unfeeling. I lodged at H.K.N.'s. Friday, 22. Preached at White Browns on Ephesians 2, 19-22. I had some liberty, but it is a day of small things. We obtained some subscribers, and laid out an acre of ground for the purpose of erecting our preaching house. I am kept by much prayer and grace. I had the curiosity to read Graham's journey through England. He gives a large account of the churches and noblemen's seats, but not so accurate on the face of the country and distance of places. Saturday, 23. I preached with some enlargement at Thomas Layton's on Hebrews 12, 4, to about a hundred people. The work of God increases here. Sunday, 24. Cloudy and rain. This day was appointed for Mrs. Jessop's funeral. There were about three hundred people. We had the use of the barn. I spoke with great opening on Hebrews 9, 27 was much assisted in showing to my hearers. First, what it is to die. Second, the judgment, with the certain consequences of both. Third, the appointment for all men once to die, and controverted the argument against being saved from sin, drawn from death, that it is not a punishment to the righteous, that their constitutions being subject to decay makes it necessary, and in imitation of Christ, to suffer as he did in death without sin. I went home with D. Polk. Monday, 25. I preached at William Laws's on Luke 6, last three verses. There were about a hundred persons. The work goes on. I went to see J. L., Jr., sick, and perhaps near his end. Tuesday, 26. Rode to the Widow Maston's and preached to about seventy people on Romans 11, 12. Brother Petticord and Brother Deborah met with me. 
after more than a fortnight's trip. I am preparing for quarter-meeting, expecting it will be a great time of the Lord's power. Souls are brought in every day. The death of Mr. Dickinson was something remarkable. Full of the world, and judge of Caroline Court. He went to bed well, was taken in an hour after, and soon took his departure out of this to the unseen world. He was often heard to speak against the Methodists. He knows now the truth of these things we controvert. Wednesday, 27. I was in close employment, bringing up my journal, and reading the Bible and Testament. Thursday, 28. I was helping to make the arbor to preach under, and prayed frequently that God might be with us. Was not so spiritual as I wished. I read Second Peter, and so to the end of my Bible. I rose at three o'clock, and spent an hour in prayer and retirement, and gave myself to reading. I do not find the same life when at study, as when writing and preaching every day, though I become tired of both too much. Friday, 29. I visited the sick, and spent some time in retirement. Saturday, 30. I preached a sacramental sermon from 1 Corinthians 11, 28-30 was directed to the awful consequence of an unworthy, and the blessings of a proper, receiving it. Sunday 31 We all went to church, preachers and people, and received the sacrament. Messrs. Thorne, O'Neill, and McGaw were present. Mr. O'Neill preached an affecting passion sermon. After the Lord's Supper, Mr. McGaw preached an excellent sermon. At night I preached in the barn on He that saith he abideth in him, ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Monday, November 1, 1779 Our quarter-meeting began in Edward White's barn. The three clergymen attended with great friendship. I preached on Isaiah 66, 6, 7, and had much liberty. There were about a thousand or twelve hundred people, and the greater part were serious. Brother Gerritsen and Brother Ruff exhorted. Tuesday, too. I preached again on 1 Thessalonians 2, 13, with more power and application to the people. We held our love feast in the morning, preaching at twelve o'clock. Brothers Hartley and McClure exhorted. There were as many people, or rather more than yesterday. The barn and treading floor filled. We had a close conversation with the clergy, who informed themselves of our rules, and were willing to give us all the assistance they could by word and deed. Wednesday 3. We parted in much affection and great love. We appointed to meet at Mr. Thorne's, Monday three weeks. The Lord hath done great things for us among the people. May he make and keep us humble. I am unwell with so much exercise. The weather favored us much. After a little rain it cleared away a fine, pure, healthy day only cool. All went well. There was great harmony among us, though men of different political principles. We suppressed these, and all was love. There was an extraordinary deliverance this morning. Brother Edward White's boy, about six years old, fell into the well. Was prevented by his sister from falling head foremost, but no more. Young as he was, he held the bucket. Went down as far as the bucket would go, came up, let go the bucket, took hold of the sides of the well, and saved himself. His father went down and brought him up. 
All these things demand notice and thanksgiving. Thursday 4. I rose early, prayed several times before I left the room, and wrote to the stewards in Philadelphia. Most of my time today was taken up in writing. I am kept in peace with God. I am watchful. I here give a short and extraordinary account of the case of Aksa Borden. From her childhood she was attentive to reading her Bible, and oft-times had serious thoughts of eternity. One day, reading and meditating, an uncommon light and comfort flowed into her heart. Her soul cried out, Sweet Jesus, and was convinced Christ was her Savior. Her friends, observing for a season that she was very serious, feared a melancholy, which, to prevent, they gathered their friends and neighbors, with music and dancing, thinking to rouse her, as they said, from her stupidity, or charm off her religious frenzy. Through various temptations she was prevailed upon to go into company, of course, into sin. She lost her comfort, and afterward fell into deep distress. She had heard of the Methodists, and was anxious to go to them that they might pray for her. Those with whom she was paid no regard to her importunity, but locked her up in a room, and ordered all the knives to be taken away. She knew their meaning, but says she was under no temptation to destroy or lay violent hands upon herself. Soon after this her speech failed her, so that she only spoke half-sentences, and would be stopped by inability. But by grasping anything hard in her hand she could speak with difficulty and deliberation, but soon lost this power, and a dumb spirit took perfect possession of her. She said, then it was impressed on her mind, the effectual and fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. She heard the Methodists were a people that prayed much, and still retained her desire to go amongst them, and by signs made it known to her friends. And after about one year's silence, her mother was prevailed upon to go with her to New Mills, New Jersey, about thirteen miles distant, where there was a society and meeting-house. They knew no Methodists, nor could get any one to tell them where to find any, notwithstanding they were now in the midst of them. Satan hindered. Inquiry was made among the B.T.s who knew the Methodists, of whom we might have expected better things. They returned home, and after another year's waiting in silence, by signs her mother was persuaded to come to New Mills again. They fell in with the B.T.s again. But turning from them, with much difficulty, and some hours wandering, they found one to direct them. They went where a number were met for prayer. The brethren saw into her case, believing it was a dumb spirit, and that God would cast him out. Prayer was made part of three days. The third day at evening she cried for mercy, soon spoke and praised God from a sense of comforting, pardoning love. During the two years of her silence she would not work at all, nor do the smallest thing. Friday 5. Set apart for fasting and prayer. Though tempted at times, I shall not be overcome. I had rather die than sin against God. I read about one hundred octavo pages, then applied to the Bible for the exercises of the remaining part of the day. I began the reading of my Bible through again, read a few chapters in Genesis, visited the sick in the neighborhood, but ate nothing till six o'clock at night, had various struggles, but the grace of God is sufficient for me at all times. Glory be to Jesus. Saturday 6. I set out for Boyer's, 
called at Joseph Purden's, who was convinced about two years ago by my preaching, but through fear and want of resolution was kept back. He said my preaching always came home to him. Now he has found peace. Sunday 7. I preached at Boyer's on Luke 6 and last verse. Then rode to town and heard a most excellent sermon on Follow Peace with All Men and Holiness. The sermon was close and much to the purpose. I preached on 1 Corinthians 1, 19-23, very close, and endeavored to tear away their props and false dependencies. I lodged at Mr. McGaw's. Monday 8. I rode to Hilliard's, where, with much comfort, I preached to about forty people, and had the most liberty I ever felt here before. I read a part of the Confession of Faith, some good, and other very strong things in it. I thought the case of Robert Turner worth notice. He came from the Jerseys into this peninsula, and was useful in preaching. Louis Alfrey was convinced by him, who had been an extravagant sinner, and afterward became a useful preacher. The said Turner went home to his family, to settle his affairs, and intended to travel after a few weeks. Brother Ruff, from a great call, pressed him to go into the circuit before the time he intended. Ruff said, Suppose you had but a fortnight to live, would you not go? Turner answered he would. By the time Ruff came round, about a fortnight, Turner died with the smallpox. Tuesday 9. I spent my time in reading a part of the Confession of Faith and Catechism, and transcribing a few sections. I read two chapters, and preached on the Epistle to the Laodiceans. I was assisted in speaking, and inwardly mourned over the people. Though very severely tried at times, I have great feelings in prayer, and sweet consolation. I find the Lord revives my soul, and I am greatly assisted. I preached at Alfrey's to about thirty people. I have been greatly let out every time I have spoken on this visit. Wednesday 10 I rose with a sense of the Divine Presence in wrestling prayer. I find peace, though not without some darts from Satan. I read three chapters in the Bible, rode to the widow Howard's, and preached on Isaiah 53, 1. I spoke as plain as I could, but I fear to little purpose. Rode to friend Heathers's, and found more love to these people than formerly. Thursday 11. I preached to about forty people at Hilliard's, thirty at Alfrey's, and forty at Howard's. I had liberty in speaking on the faithful and wise servant at the Forest Chapel. Friday 12. I spoke on Galatians 6, 16-18, and was pointed, but there was no great moving among the people. I dwelt upon the life and power of religion. If they understood me, I fear they did not feel the word. I kept this day in fasting till near four o'clock, then took a cup of milk and bread. I have read the Confession of Faith and the Assembly's Catechism. They are calculated to convert the judgment and make the people systematical Christians. Saturday 13. I went to Wells's and had about forty hearers. I spoke on Zechariah 8th chapter and last verse. We will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Brother Gerritsen preached at Shaw's at night. I received a letter from Mr. Jarrett, who is greatly alarmed, but it is too late. 
he should have begun his opposition before. Our zealous dissenting brethren are for turning all out of the society who will not submit to their administration. I find the spirit of separation grows among them, and fear that it will generate malevolence and evil speaking. After all my labor to unite the Protestant Episcopal ministry to us, they say, We don't want your unconverted ministers. The people will not receive them. I expect to turn out shortly among them, and fear a separation will be unavoidable. I am determined, if we cannot save all, to save a part. But for the divisions of Reuben there will be great heart-searchings. Sunday 14 I preached at the chapel to about four hundred serious people, from John four forty-eight. I spoke for near two hours. Perhaps it is the last time. I preached at Shaw's in the afternoon, on Numbers ten twenty-nine and following verses, to about three hundred people, and had much sweetness. Surely there will be a work here. I have been pressed to go to Virginia. Time and circumstances must shortly determine whether I go to the north or south. Monday, 15. I rode twelve miles to Stephen Black's, and preached on John twelve forty-eight to about sixty people. I had some opening, and met the class. I am kept in peace, though under reasoning about what is right and wrong. But I am determined to be on the sure side. Tuesday, 16. Rode to Callahan's, and had about fifty people, spoke on The Kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. I then returned to Thomas White's. Wednesday, 17. I rode to Stradley's, had about sixty people to hear, met the society of about twenty-two members, all serious, and under good impressions. I was surprised to find them so clear in their ideas of religion, and was blessed among them. Returned to Thomas White's, met the people, gave a warm, searching exhortation. I am troubled about our separating brethren in Virginia. I have read through the book of Genesis, and again have read the Confession of Faith, the Assembly's Catechism, Directory of Church Government, and Form for the Public Worship. Now I understand it better than I like it. I purpose to rise at four o'clock as often as I can, and spend two hours in prayer and meditation, two hours in reading, and one in recreating and conversation, and in the evening to take my room at eight, pray and meditate an hour, and go to bed at nine o'clock. All this I purpose to do when not traveling but to rise at four o'clock every morning. Thursday, 18. Spent the day in reading and prayer, but was sorely tempted. Wrote letters to W. Lynch, Waters, and the Venerable Otterbein. Friday, 19. I kept a day of fasting and humiliation. Saturday, 20. Ended the reading of Salmon's Grammar, more than six hundred pages. Sunday, 21. Preached on John 5, 44, to the end of the chapter, and was clear and pointed. The people are stirred up, but there are disorders among them, occasioned by their unfaithfulness. Met the society, and afterward the Africans. Monday, 22. Rose between 4 and 5, spent an hour in prayer and meditation, read a few chapters in the Bible before it was daylight. I want to be all devoted to God, every moment given up to Christ. 
rode to Maxfields and preached to about three hundred people, spoke on, Lord, are there few that be saved. First showed what we are to be saved from. Two, how we are saved. Three, why there are few. No open sinner can be in a state of salvation. No formalist, violent sectarian, having only opinions and modes of religion. No hypocrites or backsliders. No, nor those who are only seekers. I came back, was much tried, prayed to the Lord for peace, and opened my Bible on these words. So the service was prepared, and the priests stood in their places, and the Levites in their courses, according to the king's commandment. Tuesday, 23. Rode to Leighton's and preached to about thirty people, from, Through much tribulation we must enter into the kingdom of God. Spoke as my own experience led me. Then returned to Edward White's and lectured on Moses meeting his father-in-law. Exodus 18. There were not many people, but they were happy. Wednesday, 24. Rode to the widow Jumps and preached to about thirty souls on Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest thou, O Israel, etc. There is a declension here, but I follow my own feelings. A great sweetness has attended me this day, although I drank of the wormwood and the gall in the morning. When I get out into the work, I am always happy. Thursday, 25. Rose at four o'clock, and had a sweet time in meditation and prayer, from four to six. Purpose to spend two hours in the morning, and one at night, in these blessed exercises. Began this morning to read books on the practice of physic. I want to help the bodies and souls of men. Friday, 26. Preached at William Laws's to about a hundred people. Spoke on Numbers 10, 29. While meeting the class, some appeared greatly affected. This evening I read in the Bible, and some books on physic. Also exhorted. For the people press upon us to hear the word. Saturday, 27. Was kept in a calm after the devil had been tearing my soul like a lion. But he hath left me for a season. I looked into Rutherford's letters, and they were blessed to me also looked into Doddridge's Rise and Progress of Religion, and that was also blessed to me. My soul is waiting on the Lord for full Christian perfection. I poured out my soul to the Lord for this, and for my brethren in all parts of the world, that the power of religion may continue with us as a people. I tremble to think of the cloud of the Divine Presence departing from us. If this should be, I hope not to live to see it and with Mr. Wesley, desire that God may rather scatter the people to the ends of the earth. I had rather they should not be, than to be a dead society. Amen, says poor William Spencer. Sunday, 28. Preached at the widow Breedy's before church on Hebrews 10, 12, and following verses. Had some liberty in speaking. Afterward went to church, received the sacrament, and returned to Breedy's, and heard J. Cromwell, an original indeed, no man's copy. Spent a day with Mr. Thorne. Tuesday, 30. I intended to go to Chop Tank, but Mr. M. was coming down to preach a funeral sermon, and desired me to stay. We spent an evening at the Widow Brady's together, and had some talk about erecting a Kingswood school in America. 
End of section 34. Recording by Brian Keenan.